You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a JRPG Games Club podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 11, covering the side quest that I knew better than to do and the shitty ending of Shadow Hearts Covenant. <laughs> I am your host, Chris Taylor, and with me is... Matt Marcus. And Fletcher. Let's get into it, guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, if anyone wants to go into more of these, stop me as we go. I basically just made a list of side quests we had not covered in notes. And in a couple of these, uh, it's just the climax to things we've been discussing the whole game long. I don't care about pedometer or ultimate gear. That sucks. You can go to GameFAQs for that. Next. <laughs> Reasonable. Yeah, there isn't much to it, to be honest. Uh, well, actually, there's the one thing about it is the uh, there's a character that comes back from the previous game as a cameo. Yeah, but I don't care about that because we didn't yeah, play that. I, I thought it was weird because like I, you know, Yuri's talking with his character. and I'm like, who is this? But apparently they're important. Look at this. When you say who is this? That's how I still feel about Kato and I beat the game. <laughs> uh-huh. And for what it's worth, Roger Bacon steals her clothes and tries to make Karen wear them. Oh, yeah, that does happen, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a recurring character from last game. Tell me about St. Marguerite Island. I almost wound up here. I found this on accident, and then I found out what it was, and I decided I wasn't going to do it. (laughs) So this is a thing that's been open in phases all game long, but I skipped it because it couldn't be completed until end game. Yeah, which is kind of a dick move, to be honest. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to lay out the reason why we skipped this. Uh-huh. Beneath the island prison is a place where the ghosts with unfinished business dwell, the Fort of Regrets. Karen, who is sensitive to spirits, is drawn here. We have to make repeated visits to solve this, since every time it's going to give you an event trigger and show you a bunch of ghosts. These are all fetch quests. You have to talk to them, figure out their regret, figure out where in the world uh, the thing is, and then bring an item back to them. There's that three floors awful. of this. It's <laughs> terrible. It's not great. And the thing is, it it's pretty much paced out in a way that you can only do like a couple every like major plot break. So like three at most. Yeah, three at most. Like you can get through like a floor, but you know you have to go to the island, go like three screens down to get to the Fort of Regrets. Uh, and, and although one of them is just playing the lottery three times, which is not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. That uh, is actually the only one I mentioned earlier in yeah. the notes because I said, hey, there's a person who you can play the lottery three times and they vanish forever. Get a mind's eye off them. Yeah, I, I got that mind's eye and I used it a lot. So like I got it pretty pretty much as soon as this unlocked. Uh, the final ghost is Doris, Karen's grandmother, who we've heard mentioned the whole game. Is that, we heard her mention one time. Is that satisfactory? Is that worth it being in the main plot? No. I cool. do actually think no? this beat is pretty good, though. What happens? It's it's not it's not the worst. Uh, so Grandma Doris tells her that, look, I have I have been incredibly sad watching you struggle to uphold the family name because you're it. You we're all dead. There's no more Grandpa. There's no more Nana. There's, you don't have to be the last of the bloodline. Just be Karen. And she gives her her grandfather's sword, Durandal, and tells her that whatever she wants to do is her own choice now, which, boy, knowing what she chooses... Uh-huh. That sucks, uh, dude. Y- yeah. Yeah. The reason that... That sucks because that's not really been a part of, like, Karen's character at all. 
Like, we'd have no idea of, like, Karen struggling with the weight of lineage. Like, what? Well, why is this even here? Well, no, she she did say she met, she joined up with the army in the first place to uh, to sort of honor her family's name. So, like, it was okay. an impetus at the yeah. very beginning, but it hasn't but been, like, a through line. That's one sentence. It's not like... You see what I'm saying? Grandma was one sentence, too. This game is not the best at fleshing things out. Funny. No. No. Yeah, I, I did this. It, it was... Whatever. <laughs> Uh, a lot of these other fetch questy things I just kind of did as I was exploring around. Like I ran into the guy with the with the watch in the foreigner's graveyard just kind of on accident because I already had the watch. Uh, and I was like, oh, great. Uh, one more thing. I don't have to like spend 10 minutes uh, finding. But yeah, kind of weak. It's cool flavor, though. Like I, I'm always down for like, you know, sad ghosts that are not over their deaths. I mean, that's cool. I think this is pretty much only okay because of, again, I think that's a good beat. And also, it makes the ending ten times funnier to me. It it does. <laughs> it does. Uh, so the, um, the next uh, bit we're going to talk about is uh, apparently Lenny uh, did not die on St. Marguerite. Uh there's this whole quest that starts off in Khan uh, on the beach where you talk to a couple of kids and you find out that Lenny washed up on shore and then he kind of you basically travel around hearing where he went next and trying to find the NPC who last talked to him. And this is really, you know, this is the rehabilitation of Lenny's character happening right here because apparently he's nice to old ladies and then also knows math real good. Also, he did go out of his way to save one of his men from being exterminated at the prison. That's true. Yeah, he said, like, you, you have a wife, you go home. <laughs> yeah, you deliver a message to Rasputin. It, it is funny because you can tell the dude was, like, a claw soldier because of the way he's just standing like a claw soldier, but in, like, a normal skin. Yeah, that's probably the most fun conversation is the one where you talk to this guy and he's like, I ain't seen the boss. Wait, shit, how'd you know I was a soldier? Well, I don't know. I thought it was absolutely hilarious that this one dude was like, I was I was a thief and I tried to steal his wallet, but then he taught me math. Yes, Lenny said he was the best mathematician <laughs> in the world. What? And and then like you prove it with his uh protege who just makes you do like multiplication and addition really quickly. In the same trivia format as so many other characters. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um but yeah, at the at the end of this, um, you find him. The, the bullshit thing about this is you could do all of this up until the last dungeon because you find out he's hanging out in the room where you fought him on the island and you can go there and Yuri knocks on the door and uh, and he's like, hey, uh, Lenny, I, I know you're in there. Let me in. And you just hear like uh, a thing saying like Lenny's is like groveling on the other side and pretending not to be noticed, <laughs> trying to be quiet. <laughs> So I didn't away. actually know that part. Yeah, yeah. He's like playing silent and like trying to make you go away. Uh, it's the, the text is funny, but it just means like you can get all the way up to the end and then just have to wait. Um, but yeah, once you uh, go in, you have a nice chat with him. And like the, the scene with where you do talk to him is actually like pretty good in terms of like just tone and, and writing. Like it's actually pretty tasteful. Except for that whole part where, you know, we're kind of forgetting glossing over the part where he did a bunch of murders. Um, and so also, like, suicide attacked his entire order into you. Uh-huh. 
he he's responsible for a lot of personal misery, uh, especially for Yuri, and we're just gonna like ignore that completely. But uh, good news yeah. in the next game, he will be penitent because he is in hell. Uh huh. Well, God, uh, I, I played the first hour of that game, and uh, I I'm very disappointed. Lenny kind of sucks. At least what I saw of it. He gets a little better, but also I'm trying not to mention why he's involved in that quest. I don't think Lenny would be cool without Yuri as uh to, no. to to be dumb guys with each other. No, I think that's that's the big problem. I in like the the hour hour and a half I played of from the New World is that like what's his name Johnny? Like he just has yeah. he is just plucky young teen anime kid, and it's just not as fun to watch him bounce off of uh, Lenny as it was Yuri. Um, but yeah, yeah, Lenny gives you his uh, motorcycling jacket, and that is Yuri's ultimate armor, and it's it's good. It's good armor. But that's it. Yep. So, um, are you planning to finish from the New World? Um, I might go back to it. I've, like, put it, like, five layers deep on my playlist because i i started final fantasy 10 and i'm probably going to finish final fantasy 12 okay then i won't spoil the reveal about how lenny got in with that kid and what's going on because oh i i he mentions that in the first like 10 minutes of the game or at least initially he doesn't mention the truth okay (laughs) all right yeah Uh, i'll leave it at that all right yeah, I I did not know if you cared enough to not want that spoiled. I won't. Yeah, I figured if I'm going to go and play this game, which I do intend to do just to Can see you like, what a trash fire it is, like I want to be surprised. OK, yeah. Uh, tell me whenever you get to that, because I can't wait to hear your expression. Oh, don't worry. I will. I will. I will hit you up on Discord. So after that, we should probably talk about the Man Festival, and you can guess what character is involved in this. Dude, we gotta camp out on this one. (laughs) Alright, so, when you have finished all of Joachim's training with his master, you can go back to the ring in Yokohama, and he will ask you, are you ready for the ultimate test? Are you ready for the Man Festival? And if you say yes, get ready, because the ring will suddenly shoot into the sky with lesser rings underneath it. As That's a fucking tower, incredible. <laughs> as a tower of wrestling rings, a hundred floors tall. You don't have to do a hundred floors. I think it's closer to 20. It's like 40. It's, uh, because like every 10 or so you get to a mini boss and then it uh, lets you leave the rink and uh, like warp down so you can like do other things. But uh, you do that, you warp down three times and on the fourth time you do f- 10 fights and then you fight a uh, great question at the top. Yeah. And uh, the first so many are just random uh, mooks who are curry themed named for different flavors or spices. And then you do solo matches against all of your party, and then the grand question. Yeah, the the thing that's the dick move about this is, like, you get up to the top, and you're like, oh, wait, I did not have Lucia ready for a one-on-one fight. She's, like, ten levels behind everybody, and you have to do this solo fight, and it sucks. Uh, and I, I had to do this three different times, because the first two times, um, the first time, Lucia died, uh, yeah. and also went insane. 
And then the second time uh, I got to Anastasia, who's like the second to last, and uh, she gets instant death because, uh, surprise, there's instant death now. And so I had to do it over again. <laughs> oh, gotta love that. Uh, it's not good. Uh, have you seen the cutscene? Yes. Okay. Oh, wait. Uh, Fletch, I know you've seen it, but wait, did you show it to, to Chris? Nope, I haven't seen any of this. Okay, you should watch this. I'll I will look it up later, but I will be completely honest. My interest level is extremely low. <laughs> Other than it sounds it sounds great, and I feel like I already got the whole gag of the tower just shooting up at the wrestling ring, turning into a tower. Well, here's the thing. Much. Okay, here's the thing. This starts off with um, you know, Great Gamma. Uh, said you know, Joachim goes, "I want to be, I want to do the Man Festival," and the Great Gamma's like, "Cool, but you realize if you lose, you have to." Uh, you will have to suffer a, a baptism, which is, you know, going to be extremely humiliating to you. And like Joachim goes, oh, he shudders and he goes, I'll do it anyway, because I'm a hero and stuff. And then you find out the baptism is come. There is. Like, hell yeah. Because at the at the end, like you get to the top and the cutscene here is just fucking wild because uh, the great commas like. If you lose, like the loser has to take the winner's full manhood, and everyone goes like, "What?" And he's like, "For real?" And he just basically says yes, but like with uh, like crotch like movements, and then like gunshots where he goes ping ping. I just sound fantastic. Yeah, and then at after you beat him, they fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I mean, it's um, it's pretty much the end of this character's arc on a lot of levels. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, and the, I think like the best part about this besides it's it's I mean, obviously, I don't understand. <laughs> Apparently, Sacknorth uh, or Sacknoth uh, has never heard of power bottoming because <laughs> the idea that uh, a gay man would be humiliated uh, in this scenario is just kind of silly. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It is a real uh, straight guy's opinion of like gay relationship. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although one nice thing is like, you know, this entire time we've been seeing like Anastasia has become the mouthpiece of like, ew, gay, gross. Uh, at the end, she goes uh, full Fujoshi and just says, wow, isn't this beautiful? <laughs> well, we're watching two men fuck. Anastasia basically gets her every dream in this final update we're recording on. She, really she, put, does. she definitely put that one away in the bank for later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's something. Uh, and all the curry <sighs> stuff is extremely uncomfortable. Do you fight all spice at the end of the curry rounds? What a bummer. No, but there's like fish curries and goat vindaloos and just a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, but I, just, I give like, the localizers credit. They went uh, full on in finding a different name for everyone in that. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, they could have gotten the point across without having me do 40 nearly identical and tedious fights with, like, palette swaps. But, Matt, playtime equals value. Oh, dude. Actually, there there is one bit where um, th there's some fourth wall breaking in the text, uh, like, some of the conversations going up. We're like, there's at one point, because, like, the, the implication is that all these uh, fishmen are also gay because, like, Yuri is kind of weirded out by the whole thing. And at one point he goes like, what, we, we couldn't have like this kind of filth in such a smash hit JRPG like this one. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Also, I guess since we did speed past it as part of the earlier stuff, uh, 
if you head to the beach in Khan during the ghost quest, you oh, will right, get right, right. Joachim's final weapon, the Nautilus, as in, yes, that sub from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. He will, he will argue with the crew involved to make sure they do not use their most powerful weapons as a gentleman's agreement. Uh-huh. And the whole time this is going on, uh, Yuri is just shushing Anastasia like, no, no, this is his final weapon. Let him get this out of his system. I should reread 20,000 Leagues. I've read that book like five times. I love that book. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think good. a lot of Vern holds up. Pow- powerful vibes, especially in that book. Yeah. It, it is a fun capstone. And just it's another like, I think some of the places where the script here is the funniest is when they build something up to be really huge and then just undercut it completely, <laughs> which is like, yeah, this whole thing of, Oh no, we got to find this, this secret weapon or else it's going to destroy the universe. And then they're like, Oh, we just talked it out. We're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and his weapon is actually extremely good and makes uh, the man festival possible because that last fight is also really hard. Oh Christ. Is it like I got extremely lucky I got because he'll he'll use uh, the seven key trick again to basically murder you on his I think his sixth turn. And like he hits you hard enough that if you're like me and was only like level 52 or something like he's you're going to need to heal immediately after like his main barrage. So that's really the level I beat the like, game at. <laughs> uh, so like you really need to either hit a key immediately or just get extremely lucky with your damage ranges or just be over leveled because I got one turn away and I was going to be really pissed if I had to do 10 solo fights again <laughs> to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but the... he, he does become the, the great question, uh, which is, he, yeah, he takes the mask from uh, from his teacher. He becomes the guy who will then lead the man festival. And then also, if you look at the... <laughs> If you look at the description of the mask, it does say that it still smells vaguely of sweat and curry. <laughs> yep. Yikes. Like my house. Uh-huh. <laughs> Crap. I wish I had saved the incredibly cursed image someone sent me last night, which is I made tonkatsu curry and it just had dinosaur nuggets inside a golden curry sauce. Hell Yeah. That is so vile. Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. That was my reaction too. Fuck it, I would eat that. Hold on, hold on a second. I mean, I also wouldn't eat that now for obvious reasons. But so let's talk about the bad mirror of the Man Festival and finish off the wolf bouts. Mm-hmm. Do we? I think we talked pretty much about the wolf bouts all the way through at this. Point. We talked about everyone but the final three. Uh, I, I briefly mentioned the <laughs> final one. Uh, uh, yeah, because I, I described what happens to him at the end. He turns into a bug. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, well, anyway, we, we'll we be quick about it. it. Yeah, we'll uh, uh, it turns into a bed bug. How anti-Semitic. <laughs> Henry is inside the mirror castle. He's now rabid. Fight him and he returns to normal. If you return here after the last fight, you will see him in human form. He's old as balls. Well, yeah, he's like 90 years old. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, and I think you need to do that to finish the quest, right? Because at least you finish the story by seeing him three times. Yeah, you only see the final comeuppance if you return to him, but you finish the quest without that. Yeah, I think he gives you a nice item, too, when you come back the second time, like after he's when you first see him as human. But I, I forget exactly what it was. Uh, the Forest of Wind has Lobo's ghost. He does explicitly confirm you killed him earlier, but he has been granted the chance to reappear in his prime uh, form of youth to fight you as the real king of the wolves. 
you defeat him and he is proud of you. Mm -hmm. And then you come back to Ernest, who is now running around in a mascot suit like he's at a theme park, Mm -hmm. which he has equipped with some kind of armor inside. This is easily the hardest wolf bout and one of the only challenging ones in the game. Oh, it blows. He he has a shitload of HP for a solo fight. Oh, dude. And like, I fought him when Blanca was level 40. Oh, Uh, and I I managed to pull it off on like the third try. But and just to give you an idea of how like ridiculous that is, like I went, I grew two levels on Blanca in that fight by itself. Jesus, man. Yeah. In this game, that doesn't happen. The way to cheese it, give Blanca delay because it goes off incredibly often and will start letting you get in two or three hits for every one that Ernest has. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he beats the shit out of you. He has a rocket fist. Yeah, it's it's a mean fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get uh, beat this, you get red comet. Your uh, your comet skill turns into red comet, and uh, it ends. It does the normal attack animation, and then uh, Ernest comes up in his fursuit and does the rocket punch to finish it off. Which you know, I like it. Sure. Uh-huh. You also get Blanca's ultimate weapon, which is just a medal saying you beat the wolf bout. Mm-hmm. So if you do the follow-up on this story, go back to Henry, and you'll find out that Henry is human now. He has counter-cursed Ernest, so if you return to uh, France, you'll see this. And Tatsu, the young wolf was with him, was also a human. You actually see him in a cage and need to fix that. So Ernest has been counter-cursed to become an insect and has decided that he is going to go off and start the insect bouts to become human again, learning nothing. We <laughs> Franz kafka him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All in all, this quest kind of sucks, but, you know, at least you get that good gag at the end. I just wish it didn't take 15 steps. Yeah. Two of yeah, which are returned I, to the worst dun- op- worst dungeon in the game. Well, yeah. Actually, no, that, that the worst dungeon in the game, uh, we're we're going to get to that later. Yeah, oh, yeah, Neem 2. Uh-huh, oh. Neem 2. Um, but God. let's uh, finish off Solomon's Trials uh, before that. Yeah. Does anything cool happen when you finish the key? Um, yes. Yes. There's a whole scene where it suddenly starts glowing and runes pop up on the screen and it tells you, you who have solved my riddle and does a whole spiel. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, uh, if you finish all the trials and you get all of the crests and put them in the right place, you get to fight uh, Solomon. King Solomon. Yeah. And it's a bastard of a fight. It's got to be the hardest fight in the game, yeah? It's very arguable because the final boss has more HP by volume and can hit harder, but it requires a certain set of circumstances. Solomon is just at that level the whole time. You mean when I got combo threed? (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. that's the one. Oh, I was wondering if anyone got hit with that. Well, I was blocking, so it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, he's got uh, the it was, ultimate uh, uh, I will skill. Say, 110 uh, damage despite blocking. <laughs> yikes. That's Solomon every round. <laughs> yeah, because he's got the, the nastiest spell in the game, which is the Melt Crest. Uh, and it's ridiculously strong. And he has 
pretty strong power on his regular attacks. Uh-huh. I think he also does a uh like curse or something like he does some pretty nasty uh debilitating uh, status effects as well i think the best trick for this fight is to give everyone the spikes accessory which gives you permanent resist level defense but drains sp every round then pull out yuri's tier 3 earth fusion which has the stand ability protecting against sp loss now start buffing and for the love of god if you are ever worried heal yeah. Uh or you can do what I did, which was uh get Yuri into Fides, have him do a power charge so that he has a plus a hundred and eighty-six percent damage, and then arc rage him for another hundred and fifty-six percent, and then use a five key to do seventeen thousand damage in a single round. <laughs> which and would work me. because he does only have uh ninety-nine eighty-nine. Yeah, so I I, I tried this. I tried to do this normally twice, which, by the way, if you lose, it sucks because you have to go through the whole cutscene again, and it's not very fast. Yes, uh, even if you're the mashing, scene sucks. It's yeah. It, the the thing I like about it though is just Anastasia being like, "Wait, you did this all because you're bored?" And, and Solomon's like, "Well, yeah, actually." Uh, oh, by the I've way, I've been if you lose, here you for nine thousand years, having cut a baby in half and eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh. Yeah, you can just nuke him in one round if you have the right tools. Of course, Mind's Eye. I had Mind's Eye on. Uh, but that also uh, the makes... Eternal Key is also good for this. Yeah, the Eternal Key. I forget where you get that, but that's uh, it's basically like imagine a key you just go to, you fail, and that's how many times. Yes, you uh, that's what I used for the final boss with a seventy-four hit combo. Oh, buddy, I whiffed. I uh, save stated immediately at the wrong time, right after I whiffed my seven key on the first round of the bo final boss. I was very unhappy. <laughs> Rip. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the funny thing though is that when you do beat him, he turns into a seal, which we actually like. I don't think we ever describe the seals because in the game, Wait, what? but it's a piece of paper. It's like a seal oh piece of paper. oh oh okay. That makes way more sense than what I thought you meant when you said he turns into a seal. <laughs> Excuse me. Or 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 I'm joining your party. I'm going to do Kiss from a Rose. Ooh, I would love it if he turned into that seal. That guy rules. Yeah, seal's great. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's like, look, it's the highest charting waltz of all time. Also, whether or not you like that dude uh, for his music, he is a good human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he turns into a seal and he complains that like, oh, I'm not going to have my body back for like another... 3,000 years or something, and you're, I guess I'll hang out with you then. Uh, and Yuri's just like, yeah, you can do that. Just stop talking, please. Yeah. Uh, Final. That's how you, yeah, that's how you get the last seal. An actual ghost in Yuri's down, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and this is how you get the uh, the Solomon Crest, or the, yeah, the Solomon, yeah, Solomon Crest is how you get the uh, the Melt uh, Crest itself. So you can, you can cast Melt Crest, which is... Here rad. is my problem with this. To do this fight, you have done all of the optional dungeons now. Are you going to complain that you get the ultimate weapon after doing all the content you would use the ultimate weapon on? A little bit, but the big thing is, if it were a single target spell, it'd be like, okay, that's great for the final boss. You could basically use this for one round of the end boss before it's just wasted MP and everything else is better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. The the final boss is a is a gang fight, so you could presumably like use it to as an opening salvo. But yeah, yeah. My big gripe is that it is multi-target, and there are no fights that it's really worth it in. 
Yeah. It's cool to get though, especially like I felt like, you know, pretty like pumped to get it after getting like pwned by it a couple of times. Yeah, it's a very good spell. Like I say, just for the cost, there are better things. Oh, for sure. So let's talk about the set of optional dungeons that we had to go through to get to Solomon's Key and the end of the trials. Uh-huh. <sighs> the Black Forest. This is a Lucia-centric side quest that uh, she is forced into the party in one of the slots. The dungeon is unlocked by talking to a drunk in Lahav. It is a maze of flowers that is incredibly easy to get lost in, and in fact, some of the hints in it will lie to you. So just look up a solution for this place. Yeah, it's one of those, like, you're repeating the same two or three rooms and you have to pick the right choice. And, like, yeah, it's, what is it, Towers of Hanoi, where, like, this one always lies to you. Or this one, it's like, if you talk to That's this That's not Towers of Hanoi! Is, isn't that the name of that? That, no, uh, Towers, Towers of, of Hanoi, Hanoi is the, the stupid ring. We're used in all their games where you move the things over three poles. Oh, I thought it was. I, I'm mixing that up with the, like this. This person always lies. This one always tells the truth. Kind yeah, of. yeah, that's, that's a much puzzle. That's yeah, much. the most generic logic puzzle of all time. Yeah, except this time it's all based on order because there are always two flowers, and the order in which you talk to them affects the veracity of the second one you talk to. Uh, and you're supposed to keep track of that. Just look it up. It's not really worth it. Uh, the fights in here are not super interesting either. But yeah, this is like two or three screens longer than it should be. And there's a big fuck you at the end because you've been told at the beginning the white ones to always tell the truth. The black flowers always lie. And then at the end, they flip-flop that on you for a non-standard game over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which I definitely fell for the first time, but thankfully there's a save point right there. And if you didn't save, you're an idiot, but yeah, I, yeah. I want you to imagine Chris as the person who didn't play this. If you get to the end and you follow the rules, the game tells you and you walk over and see a game over screen. Oh, because they get lost forever in the woods. They just go, yes. there's a scene where you go, huh, didn't we go past this area already? Like, I don't know, we just kept going. And then you get a screen like, they stayed there forever until they died. <laughs> How long is this dungeon? Um, if you have a map or clues, pretty quick. If you don't, yeah. have fun, buddy. It could have been a bit. It, it, it's like maybe 30 to 40 minutes. Um, like, if you just kind of beeline it. That sounds there's not much else to do and there's like yeah there are a couple of chests to pick up stuff but it's not a big deal like nothing in there is like super crucial i think there, there might be a key in there you might want but you know you probably have all the keys you need it sucked ass yeah uh what's cool though is the uh i think the design of all of the end bosses of these dungeons are pretty rad actually oh yeah uh gop is a gop is an incredibly weak fight but it's a perfectly all right design. It's a big white orchid monster that uh, has some pretty cool animation on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so we kick its ass. It's a plant lady with it. it's a plant lady with boobs. Come on. Yeah, yeah. You need to do like we probably you know we talked about Solomon first, but you need to do all of these to get the crests from the bosses in order to do Solomon. So yeah. Have None fun. of these are optional if you want the best magic. Yeah. Is he really just an old guy? He doesn't turn into anything? No, he's just an old guy who just beats your ass. Yeah. Cool. Sick. 
into that. <laughs> yeah, King Solomon is just that guy from the Bible. What whoops ass? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's actually really funny to watch just cause how, like it reads really goofily in a, in a good way. Um, the, the, the other thing about this, uh, that's annoying. Um, like if you wanted to get the bride's outfit for Lucia, you have to do this dungeon. Then you have to go talk to, um, uh, to the woman whose name I'm totally forgetting in Florence. And then you have to go back, grab an invisible item, which is uh, like the uh, character specific item for Lucia, and then talk to the uh, the madam again, and then go find um, Lawrence in Southampton. And then he says, oh, by the way, I'm going to go to, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, to fight the Turks and stuff. Uh, let's get married afterwards. Uh, here's this ridiculously skimpy uh, bride's outfit. Hilariously. Her final armor is in the vessel, and it looks way more like a bridal dress than this thing that he's given. Yeah, this just looks kind of like a a white, you know, bathing suit plus some like, you know, Roma inspired bits. Yeah, and that's the end of Lucia's plot. She is going to be married. Yeah, and presumably uh, <laughs> her husband will win, you know, help beat back the Turks, and then die in a motorcycle accident. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the next optional dungeon is the dollhouse, which is basically, hey, do you want to take a detour into Silent Hill for an hour? Oh my god, this Corona fusion looks like ass. It's really bad looking. Yeah. Yeah. You go to Yokohama, talk to a random dickweed in a suit, he will tell you about a haunted mansion. The whole point of this place is to learn the names of the dolls and solve riddles about them. And they talk to you, and it's creepy. Yeah. This this really is just, hey, remember how this series started as a horror series? Uh, we're doing that for one dungeon. Yeah, and you're fighting, like, cockroaches the whole time. A lot of cockroaches. I guess he kind of felt it was kind of spooky in our dens, and then they immediately forgot it. Mm. Yeah, this is one of the only places in the game that leans in on that aesthetic, is more my point. Yeah. Uh, you can get Anastasia's Nightmare skill here. It's one of the most expensive spells in the game. It reduces an enemy's HP to one. Probably and doesn't work on the final boss. Probably not. Uh, but the the animation of it's uh, super creepy because, you know, it just summons a ton of cockroaches to attack you and cover the screen. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. It happened to me once when I was in here. Uh, you get all the pieces of a password from the dolls and their riddles to enter the basement and fight Bale for a crest and Geppetto's best weapon, the Crimson Thread. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a pretty good fight. And it, it, it's an interesting scene just because uh, the doll tries to play off as if it has the soul of his daughter in it and he doesn't fall for it, thankfully. Uh, but it's it's a reasonably creepy, you know, side quest. Like, I, I think this isn't terrible. It's just... Going from the room where all the do the dolls are, the thing that sucks is if you get any of those questions wrong, you have to fight a big doll fight with like yeah. six of them, and it's annoying. It's not bad. It's just a little irritating, but it is a, I would say, of the optional dungeons, best one. Mm, yeah, I could I could probably go with that. Well, given that we're about to talk about the dog shrine. Uh, the dog tried. So, Chris, this is the one that you should be glad you didn't do, because 
if you liked any dungeon Garen was involved in, he's back and it's another uh-huh. riddle maze. Yep. You know, the thing about this is, you know, when I was trying to work it out and I had, you know, at first I'm like, I'm going to give it an honest shot once or twice and then I'm going to start using a guide, which I ended up doing. For some yeah. reason, I had a really hard time visualizing what I was doing with the tiles. And then after I completed the dungeon and went to, like, you know, complained to Chris about, like, look at how fucked up this is. Like, I, I had no idea how this works. I looked at it and immediately got it. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, that's how the tiles fit together. I'm an idiot. But also, this is really dumb. This could be okay, depending on your ability for the puzzle to click. Yeah. This is not the worst in a design sense. That's the next one. But it's a thing where you are handed a map of the place and a bunch of stones, and you need to place these correctly to allow yourself to get through, and you fight basically a weaker version of Garen, because now he does not have the immunity. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's it. You get Karando's ultimate weapon in here, and it unlocks a few side quests for him and his village. Yeah, and uh, the the thing that's most annoying about it is that uh, there are multiple pedestals in which to put these stones, and you have to know which, like, there's probably ways in which you could get to the right spot but not have the right stones in your arsenal to to get to the next segment because it's all like you get to the next set of stones and then you use more stones and get some new ones in order to get to the end point where you have to hit a button. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's definitely way more time-consuming than it needs to be. All right, let's talk about the bad one, which mm-hmm. is... <sighs> Neem Ruins, version uh-huh. 2. Uh-huh. Even if I wanted to do all of these, the second I saw that I would have to go to the Neem Ruins, I would not. Well, Chris, it the thing that makes... Well, one of the things that makes this bad is that the way to get to the new section is not very well telegraphed. And also, you have to do half the dungeon to get there. Yeah. Cool. That's sick, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You need to get to the near final puzzle room with the cubes, and then get to the red one, which you should know is different and wasn't there the first time. There was a red cube in there the first time. Don't lie to me. That's why I'm saying you need to know the different red cube to get on to take you here. That I think sucks, you might have been there dude. and just didn't do anything. <laughs> But uh, I, I guessed my way into this. Like, I, I, cause, you know, good luck trying to figure this out with a guy, unless you're watching a video. Yeah. Um, and even then, watching a video of this kind of sucks because you need to be able to do it, pause, do it, pause, do it, pause to see what each step is, since they tend to lay everything out. This is a multi story puzzle room with cube traversal and shifting the orientations of things and it's yeah. but also there there are it's split between two rooms so like if yeah. you're in the first room you, you can see some treasure chests and you're like i can't leave this room until i get that chest and then you realize you can't you have to get it when you swing back after going across to a second room and so like you're bouncing between these two rooms and on top of trying to keep track of whether or not you kept like the the green cubes up and the yellow cubes down and the purple cubes up like there's just a lot to keep track of and you know 
And, and there's an invisible item that's important for other things. <laughs> yeah. Also, we should probably point out at this point in the game, remember how when the game began, Yuri and Geppetto were kind of like perverts in arms? Mm-hmm. Roger Bacon has taken up the Geppetto slot at this point because Geppetto has nothing to do. Does he even speak in Endgame? Uh, he definitely has a couple lines of like, no, we can't let you do that, Kato, not, or something. So not really. He sounds like a generic character. Yeah, he, yeah he's, not, it, he's not a person, really. Just going over that made me realize, oh shit, I can't think of a single thing he does in the end. Um, Roger is the perv lord extraordinaire with Yuri for a lot of these side quests, because we already mentioned he steals an outfit from the NPC from the prior game. If you go down into this dungeon under his house, there is an item in here, which is his porno mag, which mm -hmm. is presumably the reason he sent you in here, not the actual demon that's about to break out. Uh -huh. Because if you get this and return it to him, he will give you the white underpants accessory. Uh-huh. It's panties. Only the women, or Geppetto for some reason, uh, can equip doll. this. The doll wears it. But he wears most of the other mm -hmm. gear, so that's why I'm like, um... Well, here's the thing, Fletch. When you put on the white panties on a character, it's actually on the model. It changes the model so that the panties are white. <sighs> that's a real thing. <laughs> uh... <laughs> It's, anyway, and unfortunately, it's also like really good because it like halves your physical damage you take. So it's yeah. like actually really strong. Yeah. And, and uh, you, there's a there's a black version you get in New Game Plus that does the same for magic. Well, uh, so that also tells me, um, similar to how Karando's ultimate armor is a loincloth, and you cannot wear it with the other loincloth accessory. Like, they literally programmed that in. Uh, oh, I, I suspect that. they have done that where you can't have two pairs of panties on. Cool. Mm -hmm. Great game. <sighs> lovely. Uh, not lovely at all. It's terrible. Anyway, the, the final boss of this is Orobus, the fairy. Uh, if you snapshot him with Anastasia, you get her final skill, Euthanasia. Which you want, in part, because one of the trials uh, has a... Oh, we didn't talk about the Tin Lion. Do you uh, want to? It's it's a it's a gimmick at the end of the trials that, like, it one-shots all of your characters, and it can only die to, like, three things. And one of them is Euthanasia. One of the other ones is uh, the Drain Touch that uh, Joachim has. And then there's a third one I don't remember. But otherwise, it's invincible to everything else, so... Like, fuck you, I guess, if you wanted to finish Solomon's quest and didn't know, didn't have a guide on hand. Also, I, does Orobus appear again in one of the other trials? Uh, probably. Okay, there because no, if not, yes, this is yes, the only does. missable. There are, there are no missables. I like right. a big list. Yeah. Then, yeah. The, the, the thing is, though, they make it very clear that Anastasia wants to take a picture of this thing before the boss battle. So if you and she has to be in the her and Corando have to be in the party for this dungeon. So, like, if you don't do it, that's your own damn fault. It's true, but I can also absolutely see some idiot missing that. Anyway, yeah. 
That's that's our bonus dungeons. Let's talk about how to get the last two fusions for our boys. I would, I would say the one thing I would add to to the Neem Ruins thing is at the very least you get to see Anastasia. Uh, you know, she, her scene with uh with the boss is actually really funny because she's just like. Uh, what are you going to do if we lose? Like, oh, you're going to take over the world? How boring is that? You're a boring person. This is terrible. Can we just Even better. Now? She goes, what are you going to do after you take over the world? Uh, I'll get to that later. You're going to commit genocide for nothing? At least Rasputin had a plan, you son of a bitch. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good scene. Yeah, she's just sick of all these people showing up and saying they're going to wipe out humanity and she goes off. And that's what actually starts the fight. Yeah, and and his design is probably the best of all the enemy designs in the game. Yeah, uh, have you played an SMT game? You know what a Robus looks like, fairy with butterfly wings. Mm-hmm. But he's got like a huge, like, doesn't he have an insect lower half? Am I remembering this correctly? Which one is the giant flying manta ray? Because that's what I thought a Robus was. Um, it's the first boss in a Nocturne, I think. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about, and I can't think of it. I'm also thinking of the 2D stuff that generally does sprite art of that character, so maybe yeah. they changed it up. Yeah, so like, j- just to describe this guy, he is in like princely um, outfit on the like waist up, but he's got like moth wings going down, and then his lower half has uh, horse legs, and then a proboscis, like a like an insect proboscis with wings that also has like it's split at the bottom like a banana, <laughs> and there's an eyeball on a stalk coming out of it, and there's a little lady on one of the under parts of the uh, of like the banana peel. <laughs> it looks really rad, actually. Yeah, the artist we're doing here is really rad. I'm gonna drop it in the text chat, and you can drop it in the show notes later. Anyhow, let's talk about the final fusions for both of our characters. Uh, you have to do Corando's first because you need it to unlock Yuri's. So after you've done the Dog Shrine, head back to the village, and you will be summoned for a fight with his mother at the Fountain of Sukune. This is Juten Doji. When you do this, his mother will go, Oh good, there's no more spirits that want to possess me. I can just be a normal lady now. I'm going to go on vacation. Bye. <laughs> This oh, fight. Oh, but also, uh, also, there's the scene with Anastasia and the uh, outfit she gets, which I is somewhat forget this. So what happens is, uh, after you beat her and you go back to talk to her, you get a scene with. Um, <laughs> oh, this is actually the worst. I, I just remembered it now. Uh, Anastasia and her mother talk about Corando, and she's like, "You, you want to get with my son, right?" And then she talks about Corando in a way that sounds like she's talking about his dick. And just the way he right. throws around that big thing, you know, his his new fusion right. sword. Well, uh, she's, she's trying to get it. So. It's, it's, it's awful. Uh, but what happens at the end is she's like, oh, actually, I had this. Uh, we, we made this uh, kimono dress for if uh, the, the baby turned out to be a girl. Uh, so I'm going to give it to you instead. Oh, and by the way, you're engaged now. Uh, congratulations. And if you don't see this scene, it kind of makes the ending a little nonsensical. Yeah, it does. Does it? She was already all horned about it. She was all horned about it, but he does not reciprocate anything throughout the story. And well, that's at true. all, actually. <laughs> he doesn't really say or do anything at all. Corando is a real non-character. 
Yes. He is. Yeah. Um, he's the only there so you can talk to his mom whenever kind you of want. Flesh him out a little, but not by much. No, he's just like, hey, tradition, and I want that sword because it's important to my family and my clan. Karando is a real noir, except instead of getting into the burger dungeon, it's you can talk to my mom whenever you want. Huh. Uh, and once you've gotten Jutendoji, you can go into Yuri's graveyard, and there will be an item waiting for you. If you take it, you can enter the final locked door and meet Yuri's dad, Ben Huga. Mm -hmm. There is a conversation here. The two of them have, you know, father and son bonding for a moment. And because Ben Huga is Ben Huga, he will then say, hey, remember when we used to tussle when you were a kid? Let's do that now, but violent. Uh And so he will turn into... Technically, this was Yuri's strongest fusion in the last game, but now it is the Dark Seraphim. And it has all the skills from the prior one, which are named uh, For the Future, For Tomorrow, For the Child. One's a very good heal, one's a good buff, one is a good damage dealer. It's all non-elemental. Beat him and you get it, and that's Yuri's best form in the game. It's quite good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good scene, too. I, I think they, they sell it pretty well, even though we don't really get a whole lot of Hyuga in this game. We've got more coming. Yeah, yeah, we do. This is, for a final boss, or for a final dungeon, this is incredibly short. It is. Eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if you don't get any of the you... items in it. I don't yeah. want any of those items. It looks so bad. It looks so annoying to get them all. Yeah. Um, The only one you need, unless you're using Lucia, is Karando's ultimate armor is on floor four, the red path. You're welcome. Oh, I don't care about that. The... Vessel is four floors where the goal is to find a switch to open the elevator another tier. Once you unlock the elevator, you can rotate a floor. If you just want to get through, rotate it so green faces you on all floors. Done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some treasure hidden on other sides of each floor, so you'll have to go up and rotate and come down and go up. And it's it's not worth it. Just get Karando's ultimate armor if you like. Mm-hmm. When you go back to floor one after unlocking the fourth floor elevator, because that's the only place it will allow you to go, 
you will be shoved into a cutscene and see a giant light at the end of the path. Let's talk about how stupid this is, because this uh -huh. is another Jean asks you a question in your soul scene, except unlike every other time, without warning, this is the only difference between getting the good or bad ending. Oh, interesting. I would have gotten the bad ending, but I accidentally loaded a save state and had to go through this cutscene again where I mashed X, so I wound up picking the good ending version the second time <laughs> well, yeah, cause on the accident. Phrase, the phrasing of the good and bad ending are kind of ambiguous to me. I hate this because the dialogue after you choose is identical no matter what you pick. Nothing here lets you know you have just chosen an ending or that there's a divergence or anything. Mm -hmm. To put this into perspective, in the last game, to get the happy ending, you had to take on an involved and optional side quest or give up on it. Giving up on it gave you the bad but canon ending. To put it bluntly, this choice, especially after these have not mattered all game, is shit. And the yeah, two things you are choosing is, I want to live peacefully or I want to live life my own way. It, uh, in response to like what what how will you live that will make you the happiest or whatever yeah and like I yeah can't, that is i can't believe the ending of this game is like a shitty like 10 second long third impact like i i would like to say at the very least this is not like if they were tallying your choices the whole way and you didn't realize you were screwing yourself like i think that would be worse like at the very least, if you're like decent with your, be, uh, with your save hygiene, you could just better. you got a bad ending. You could just pick the other one, <laughs> go back to save and pick the other one. I think it would be better if they did it the whole game without telling you. Yeah, if it right? tallied you're up actually, or if these choices picking... have ever mattered before now. But no, it's yeah, literally yeah, just a binary blind. Then you would just be picking what kind of person Yuri is, right? Yeah. In instead yeah. of just, lol, I don't know, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I before it, like, the choices seemed more significant because it's like asking you whether or not you're scared about your fate, you know, or like, you know, the curse or whatever. And you can either lie or you can say, yeah, no, actually, I am scared. And that seems more significant than saying live life your own way or peaceful life, which I guess you could say, given that we're talking about Yuri, it, 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 those are uh, diametrically opposed. All right. Let's also talk about how these final boss fights are incredibly lame other than Suzano O, kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, up the path is the second to last boss. Hien and Raiden are waiting. They are getting a Japanese mythology power-up and become Fujin and Raijin. They're exactly Hien and Raiden in new skins with Hyder stats. They use the mm -hmm. same tactics as every time. The new skins are cool. Yeah. Are they? That's all I have to say. <laughs> There's nothing happening in these final cutscenes. We're not skipping over them. They're using one line of dialogue on each person and they transform. The post-fight cutscene has no words in it. Uh -huh. It's just them falling over dead and then you keep going. It's well, incredible. A, that, I mean, that that's as much respect as those characters deserve. <laughs> it's actually really funny because it looks like they just cut the strings on their model and they fall forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is a... Uh... Oh shit, we gotta get this out the door. Yeah, this... Everything after the final choice about the ending is real weak. Mm -hmm. uh, at the top of the vessel, Kato is chilling inside a Giger painting. There's a bunch of dancing skulls and a wasteland. 
And he too is going to get a Japan themed oh. power up as all of the we dead didn't... apes transform into the three sacred treasures of Japan. And we failed to mention how yeah. sick the cutscene for the rising platform happening is. The whole cutscene is very good. Yeah. Yeah, I That's... think we described it last episode. Did we? Yeah, because we had to talk about it in order to say, hey, make sure you step into oh. the dungeon before you leave. Okay. Yeah, that's the last time the game really feels like it has effort. Mm -hmm. I think the the cutscenes at the end have effort, but... (laughs) They suck. They They do. Uh, I I think we can say, and we'll get there in a second, none of us were fond of these endings. Like, I would... Well, well, let's talk about it when we get there. But yeah, yeah, I I definitely kind of rolled my eyes a bit of like, oh, yep, we're doing the everything is super Japan now. The, the three, uh, you know, you have the three items of, uh, like, I, I, what are they called together? The three sacred but treasures. Even, the three sacred treasures and uh, uh, Susanuo. Susanuo. Yeah, this is extremely lame compared to the Final Fantasy XIV version of this boss fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of JRPGs have done this boss fight better. I will even say a Persona game has done this boss fight better, and I do not like the Neo Personas. <laughs> uh, the one thing I will give this credit uh, though, because I, I did this fight twice, um, is that uh, if you kill the main boss, the fight does end. Like it, it's not one of those other boss fights in this game where if you have you know you have the main guy and you have the two mooks, if you just kill the main guy, you still got to clean off the whole battlefield before it ends. This I didn't actually know that. that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I actually, uh, yeah, because what I what happened with me when I did this, I, I did the fight, I got to the end, and I realized I forgot about Dark Seraphim, so I went back, fought Dark Dark Seraphim, and then said, "Fuck it, I'll just I want to take this to the to a clear save data file," and so I just did the fight in one round, <laughs> and I went straight for um, the big boss, and he just died, and the game was over. Took like nice. five minutes. So, serious advice on this fight. Kill the gem first. A, yep. it's a healer, and B, it has a move that will wipe the entire party's buffs. The mirror is a caster. Go for it next. It buffs the bosses and does all party damage spells. The sword does physical attacks and can be used in combos. It's not a huge threat on its own, but counterpoint: it uh, like seventy-five percent of the time crits for like nine hundred damage. So uh, I have never seen that uh, it crit 100% of the time I've I didn't literally never seen that okay that's weird because uh, it hit me a couple of times and uh, it ended up killing a character because like you have you know the AoE attack from the mirror plus the sword kills a character pretty much no matter what well also I had a problem where the boss immediately opened with Archigale and then Arch Rage. Oh, that did not happen with me. Yeah. <laughs> Before I got a turn because oh. I was level 52. Oh right, right. Yeah, cuz like at at the end of this um game I was level 63, 62 with my main cast. Like I I, I thought the cap was 60, but it, it's higher than that. Uh oh, either yeah. way, Susano O has a nasty move where you want to wipe his stuff if you do not just cheese him to death. Uh, I know some people just save the eternal key for this and go to ham on him. Mm-hmm. But if any of his treasures are still alive, he will begin wielding them 
so you can't target them for a turn, and slam everything it's wielding at the party. This is a multiplier, and it can make him more lethal than King Solomon if he gets you with the full crew. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not. I, yes. took, 100, I took 100 damage despite resisting, not blocking. Yeah, this Boy. whole, like, this attack is basically a wipe if you get bad RNG before killing something. <laughs> uh, he also has, just in case you cripple the treasures and think that this is going to be an easy cakewalk, Final Revelation, a potent damage spell that sucks MP off of you just so you can't make this whole thing a cakewalk. But it's not, it's, it, it's not really a big deal. It's like 30 MP and I have like 500 on the people that would use any. No, the bigger threat is the damage, but that can easily be a threat to you if he starts knocking MP off you. I guess. Like, at this point, uh, Neo Amon is doing, like, a thousand damage in a comp- uh, in a hit, and Karando is doing 500, so every turn we killed a treasure and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little, little rough early going until we got a couple of them down. Yeah, I mean, because you want to go for the gem first so that you're not, like, wasting, you know, damage that you're, is just going to get healed up, and then you have to... Yeah, if you're clearing out the whole board, this is a... This is a harder fight, but if you're powerful enough to just do 10,000 damage to the main boss, like, it's I, not I, I that bad. I could have, but I whiffed it. Yeah. Oh, I did a lot of whiffing in this last section because uh, before I, I, like, said, oh, I gotta put, uh, I gotta put back a Coral Pendant, uh, I tried to do a 7 key <laughs> with, uh, with Mind's Eye on, and that was really hard. <laughs> uh, it's even, it's still hard with the Coral Pendant on. It's just you know, more manageable. Music is good. Fight not very good. Yeah. Yeah, this this could have been something more with a little bit of polish, but again, this final chapter feels real rushed. It, it is pretty tacked on. When you kill Kato, his dying words are to tell you the ritual has begun, pray for the world you want, and he then expires. Your party will begin praying, and one by one, with one exception, they will float up and off to their own places in this new world. Mm-hmm. Anastasia and Karando go together, and she looks smug as fuck. Yeah, no, he's like he's like holding her like like to him in a romantic feeling fashion, and it's like, oh, oh, that's what's going on. Whatever, didn't see this coming, but sure, swordsman. Sure. Uh huh. And then the last two are Yuri and Karen. He says the mistletoe curse is coming for him. She goes first, and he promises to see her again. And this is where your earlier answers cause divergence. Mm -hmm. If you said, I want to live peacefully, you have the bad ending. Yuri allows the mistletoe to delete his memories, but he lives. His friends will find him, but he won't be Yuri. In the soul graveyard, the tree and Yuri both disintegrate into white light fade out credits oh no no it is worse than that uh oh yeah oh no you you talk about it at the at the time yeah the the, the oh, split yeah. happens again after all of the that's cut right, scenes. that's right oh yeah but that's brutal uh the good ending if you said i want to live life my own way is right after karen has just flown off yuri says he can't keep his promise and John narrates over why he chose to stay on the plains and die. The ground beneath him breaks up in a vicious fashion, impaling him and shattering the Malice Gem. And inside, Very surprising. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's 
It's brutal. Oh, it's it's intense. Uh, yeah. I I literally right now before we recorded this podcast, I'm halfway through rewatching Starship Troopers, and it is like Starship Troopers level like vicious. Uh huh. Like, yeah. When we say impaling, I mean like the ground turns into spikes and lifts him into the air. Yeah. It's, no. It's, it's the it's... randomness of it, right? Like. Because he's just part of a symmetrical pattern. It's not, like, going for him. It just is very random, which is what makes it so shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it's not like the camera pans away or, like, does it in silhouette where it would be, like, oh, you get the point, but it is less uh, visceral. Uh, This way, there's just, it's just right in front of you. The only thing is, it's just not super bloody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Uh... like and we, honestly, if the game ended there, if if it just stopped there and just had like a brief coda with the characters sort of resituating themselves, back oh in the yikes! World, I did not understand that was what was going on here. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah it, it would have. It, it, I feel like this game would have ended stronger. Like right here, I'm just like, oh, I feel bad about this, but he had to sacrifice himself. Sure, let's go with that. Um, like the bad ending, we cut to the graveyard, but this time Jean's soul comes down for him through a hole in the sky. She reaches out and removes him from the tree, and both fly off as it fades to white, and we cut to the credits. Is that Jean's soul, or I thought that was Alice's soul? It's Alice. It's Alice. Is that it's Alice? I'm sorry, I took that down wrong in the notes. Yeah, it's a. It's Alice. It's one of those like oh, also naked I think spirit down here at the bottom too. Spirit. Um, people yeah it's an idiom they just fly away naked together yeah 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 thank you for oh god that would be so much worse if it was jean yeah entirely my bad uh we, because she's narrating i kept writing down her name uh-huh. matt we all know geppetto flies away with jean <laughs> the credits happen we see vignettes of all the other party members throughout there um it's just one frame of each person. It's not like you get a really good closure on their stories. No. The credit song is very bad at two times speed for the record. <laughs> I would imagine. It's it's uh-huh. not a bad song. It's nice. And then we cut to 1887, the capital of Japan. Karen has landed here in an incredibly rough fashion, and a young Ben Huga comes upon her. She is holding a photograph, the one Corando's mother gave her, that we didn't see. Turns out Karen is Anne Huga, Yuri's mother. She will proceed Uh to marry and fuck Ben Huga and give birth to a son she was lusting after only hours earlier. Fuck this. They they basically did Back to the Future in reverse. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's just mother wants to unwittingly fuck her own son and ends up not doing so. (laughs) Yeah. When Anastasia gave Karen's name as Anne, that was how we got Anne Huga, Ugh. which is the name she will give Ben. We see her in the photo as his mother. It's a time loop. But but the fucked up thing about it. OK, remember that bit where Yuri said that, hey, by the way, I'm half je- uh, half uh, Russian. That doesn't that's not true then. Yes. <laughs> how does that work? It means she lies to her husband for years about the fact that she's a German. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. Because that seemed like, yeah, I guess, like, I I thought that that might be a like a plot loop thing or like something about the events of this Mm -hmm. created a new timeline where Yuri's mother isn't his mother. But no, it's just it's way dumber. (laughs) Yes. 
And after this scene, you get one more bit where the timeline splits again. In the bad ending, Roger Bacon finds Yuri on a cliffside in the rain. He has lost his memory, and Roger begins crying as a real brutal extra moment of this. Uh-huh. Um, Roger is weeping, and Yuri the amnesiac just kind of pushes him off of him because he's like, I-, I don't want none of this. Uh, eventually he tells Yuri, oh, you don't even recognize your own father? Uh, come on home with me. It's cold out here. The game ends on, this was the year that saw the conclusion of the First World War. That's... That seems way better than the ending I got. Uh, th- this is, well, I mean, it's an actual ending, whereas the other one, yeah. I'm not sure what happened. But, <laughs> like, this is so no, it, brutal. It, the other ending seems, the other, the good ending is like a, is like a shitty third impact is what I think happens. <laughs> no. But but via time magic, right? Like, people get to go back to where they were happiest or whatever. Okay, so, remember, Kato was going to remake the century, so time shit was already in play. It's just most people chose to return to the actual world and make it better. Karen decided she wanted to fuck Yuri's dad. I mean, close yeah. enough. Get and it. Yuri either is a blank slate now, or decides to re-loop the entire first game and his life again. Yeah, so he's just trapped in the loop of mostly misery? He's about to get on a train and meet a woman named Alice, and a voice narrates, This is the world you wished for, the time you were happiest. You can start over again. Uh, The game ends on, Not long now until Yuri meets the woman of his destiny. So, like, are we going... Are we supposed to presume that you go through the original game, but then you get the good ending of Shadow Hearts 1 and they live? That's the only way this isn't just a horrible time loop forever. Uh, yeah. So, on I guess that that's level, how they can. I guess that's how they can make From the New World work no matter what ending you get, because it's either after the good ending of Shadow Hearts Covenant 1 or the bad ending of 2. Yeah. Either way, Yuri is nowhere in from the New World. Yeah. Now, for what it's worth, there is a successor to this game that follows on the events of it. Oh? It is in English. It is Chaos Wars. Oh? Is this that cursed DS game or whatever that you found? No, that was a PS2 game, dude. Oh, okay. Okay. Chaos Wars, some of you already know what this is, but if you don't, which clearly my co-hosts don't, it was a crossover RPG involving Shadow Hearts and a few other lesser-known franchises with some original characters. It was a GameStop exclusive, and it has one of the lowest quality dubs and translations of the modern age. Where the studio who brought it over to save a buck made sure that nobody in the game was a voice actor who was not a direct relative of the CEO so he could keep all that cash in-house. Uh, you did show me this. I I, I have watched this, uh, like, a, a bit of this, and it is, it is so, so low effort. I think they translate Yuri's name as, like, Yui or something. It's some three-word bastardization because no one spoke any Japanese on the localization team. Uh-huh. Karen is there. 
Nikolai is there. Nikolai's there. All of them are voiced. All of them have, like, children's voices and are talking like this. Hashed beef man, dry curry man, egg curry, curry prince, cutlet curry, poor man's curry, and the great gamma all return. Hooray. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Karando is also in it, among other things. Yeah. So, can you move, Uru? Karen? Wow. I really can't move my body. What did you do, Nicole? Perfume de Zigitaris. A type of muscle relaxant gas. You probably don't understand the logic, but you can feel the effects, no? No, really. It's great. I can't tense my muscles at all. I'm done with your nonsense. I'll take your Tengayo away. Be careful. You'll probably get sick, just like when you eat rotten food off the ground. It's okay, Uru. Just relax and let it go. I'll be done in a second. I don't really want your twisted love. I really don't. Stop it, Nicole. I can't move. Is anyone there? I know you guys are having fun, but could you stop a sec and tell me why I am involved with this? Who's having fun? I'm in a load of trouble, just so you know. So if you want to know the hell that uh, these characters live in after this game, go Pirate Chaos Wars, because it's amazingly bad on levels you can't even comprehend, but if you have the context of this game, it's like ten extra knives in the back. Ugh. Yeah. No. Yikes. Well, I, I didn't realize that that would be considered, like, what happens after um, after this game. I thought it was just one of those, oh. like, oh, these characters are here now. Don't think about it too hard. The wiki says this page for Chaos Wars is tagged under Games, Chaos Wars, and Non-Canon. Oh yeah, it's not canonical, but it has to take place after this because any returning character has their ultimate gear and all of their endgame skills, like Karando has all his fusions. So weird. Yeah. Uh, do you, uh, I'm trying to find the video that, that I saw earlier because I'm going to put it in the show notes. It is incredibly bad. I will put it in the recording text for this you. This is the ugliest shit I've ever seen. I hate this art like, style. Please, just slice in a little bit of that scene so people can hear. It's wild. Oh, oh yeah. No, Yuri is, is localized as Uru. You are Yuri. That was yes. it. I knew it was it's, three letters. <laughs> it's the thing you say to make Becky the Seagull bond with you if you're in Finding Dory. <laughs> yeah, that game is such a train wreck, and it took way longer than it should have when I was playing it to realize oh that's who that is I think I actually had to get to Karando <laughs> I'm surprised this isn't like as like memed as much as like Mega Man 8 or something oh it is is it okay because I, I maybe I just have never run into it before because yeah, is... but like Mega Man 8 also a good video okay yeah Mega Man 8 just has some weird dubbing this game is a tire fire but it's also kind of obscure because, again, it was a GameStop exclusive in the dying days of the PS2, which means there were, like, two copies in your city. Uh-huh. Oh, what a weird franchise. Yep. 
Oy. That was Shadow Hearts Covenant. Yeah. <sighs> I I think I made my malaise with this game at the ending clear with the notes that we just had to go through. This peters out to a wet fart. I mean, like, even calling it a wet fart is just, like, too much. <laughs> like, it just kind of, like, just says... I mean, like, I'm okay with the Yuri sacrificing himself bit. I think that's the only thing here that actually works for me. Yeah, I get that. The idea of just, like, realizing, oh, I'm, you know, that that kind of completes his arc. Because otherwise, he just doesn't learn anything, really, other than, hey, if you keep fighting, you might beat a bad guy. Uh, but, like, everybody else, it just kind of... It's just so weird. And it's also just so odd to be trying to put capstones on all of these characters with these end dungeons when it just really doesn't matter. And and plus, on top of the fact that it is signaling for you to you need to rush to finish the game when it's like, actually, no, you need to stop and do five dungeons and then three other side quests or whatever. Don't do any of that if you're somehow still playing this. Yeah, I don't know. I, I went through it. I didn't. The only one I really didn't like went was... through it sounds like the correct phrase for it by the way <laughs> <laughs> like like the neem ruins was annoying uh but you know if you got through neem one you can get through neem two uh just the other i just wish that uh the dog shrine wasn't so obtuse but eh. like yeah none, none of them really make any of the characters stories better and then we also have some like weird homophobia stuff on the on the man festival you know, stuff that it thinks is funny, but it's just, ooh. This series, funny is probably better representation than was given at the time, to be honest, to be fair. Oh, yeah, it, it, it definitely okay. beats a lot, because, again, what? Um, what? we can talk about modern titles in this genre uh-huh. that still fuck this up. Sure. I mean, like, look, in the next game, uh, so I, I found out that it's not both Majimel brothers, it's just one Majimel brother and his fiance slash husband? Uh, so like they do get eloped, uh, this, this new guy and, uh, one of the Magimel. So there's your representation, I guess. I legitimately forgot it was a second guy just because I remembered the motorcycle and the sidecar. Yeah. The motorcycle's there. They're both in like, like motor leather daddy outfits kind of stuff. Hell yeah. I did uh, remember that. Like, and, and I think it's called, uh, like the shop is called like just the men or something. Like it's got a, an incredibly gay name. Uh, and it's just like, actually that kind of works. Like they're kind of celebrating this rather than poking too much fun at them. Yeah. Um, at least that, this what is I saw a discussion I've been having on other projects of mine because I've been digging into, uh, Trails of Cold Steel, which has a lot of queer representation, but by and large, a lot of it is kind of weirdly predatory. So it's Ooh. like, is this a positive when Angelica, uh, spoilers, you're going to find out she's gay within like three seconds of meeting her. Uh, Angelica is like, God, I love the younger classmen. It's like, on the one hand, you're only a year older than them, but on the other hand, please stop talking about how you like the uh, tiniest girls in my party. Yeah, yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, there are other characters I won't spoil, but it's just like, hmm, there's a tint to this. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> I keep getting older, etc., <laughs> etc. Et 
Yeah, it, again, it's less dire because she's a second year as opposed to my first years, but I still really wish she would stop talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just this game doesn't really know what to do with itself by the end. Like it, This is the game that I have no feelings about. Like, I don't... I like it more than I liked 13 by the end, but I don't feel positively or negatively about it. I would have felt much better about it if the plot happened in the other order. Like because it, there's no reason, there's no no narrative reason it couldn't. Yeah. Right. Like, what if the minister was part of Japanese minister was part of Sapientes Gladio? Boom. There's your connection between half one and two. Yeah. I don't know why they don't do something like. You know, you fight Rasputin. You fight Rasputin here at, instead of in, in the other place, right? Or you do go do the other place here, right? It doesn't matter. I mean, you I just would, flip the order. Done. Like, what What if you had to like? fight with Kato and then have to kill Kato later or something like they, there are ways you could have like woven them together that made more sense or you know at increase the stakes it's just hard to buy the stakes there's a that bunch Kato of, adds to this and there's a bunch of bullshit content like yeah. the like the Neem Ruins one uh when you go fight uh Andre the Cat that whole dungeon like there's stuff in there that narratively is yeah. filler garbage I think my biggest problem is that it's clear something was rushed by the end of this. It's very hard to tell if more time and polishing up the rough edges would have made a better game, or if this should have just been cut well, in the middle. It would have made it... I would feel better about it. Because the thing with JRPGs is the last 20%, right? You're just doing what you've been doing. There's no new tricks. You're not going to learn anything more. You're just going to have some slightly stronger numbers. And you rely on the narrative to pull you through that. But here you don't care about that. So you're just, there's another eight hours where you don't feel anything about the game at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and like, there aren't really many more wrinkles to the battle system that we've seen. I mean, pretty much the only wrinkles we had are... Oh, well, you have certain um, status effects that are pretty nasty. You have to be careful about. Uh, and, well, you at least uh, get like new the, party members and mechanics, right? Fights. Like, which, which is what's so shitty about Karando is that he doesn't even have new mechanics. He's just, what if you got Yuri again? Yeah. Yeah. And, and different just, Yuri. And, and the thing is, his second, um, his second fusion looks really dumb and his first fusion looks rad as hell. Dark Seraphim looks really dumb also, for the record. Looks like ass. Dark Seraphim is also a recolored model from the first game. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's like even the, the toys you get at the end just don't feel as cool. I could feel... I could strongly recommend the first disc of this game and then just call it good. Yeah. 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 Once you beat recipe, then you're pretty much like, done. Um, first disc, extremely strong. Like, had a great time. Yeah, uh, it's, it having, really like, is wild. And I... I kind of think it should have stopped there, and maybe you do a sequel that is the second act fleshed out. I don't know, but yeah, it's wild how that disc change really grounds everything to a halt. Yeah. Or we could just cut the ape thing and fight Kato in the volcano and have that be the end. Fight Kato and then Astaroth, right? Have Astaroth be the last boss. Yeah, I, I think they really wanted the Japan section, because it's a Japanese game, to be like more substantial and important, and just none of it really adds up to much. It's literally... It, it, this game, like, all the problems are literally narrative editing problems. Like, the game itself, fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, like, I was still tinkering with it up until, like, right before I went in the last dungeon and having a good time fucking around with all the ring configuration and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that holds up the entire game for me because of the level of customization. Yeah. I mean, like, and, it, and it's still, like, the I, I don't know if I would feel the same way about this game in terms of, like, I also like playing it all the way through, but I also was gaming it severely because using the mind's eye and then buffing and then using keys is just it's yeah you have to like hit the you know hit the judgment ring but it's otherwise making what should be an intense fight really trivial because like thinking back to like probably the best boss fights i've i can remember in one of these games of recent memory are the ones in uh tokyo mirage sessions because like we're 13 right like Think about remember the gunship fight in thirteen and how much that ruled. Oh yeah, the gunship fight was great. Uh, and, and the fight with uh, what's his name's like Shadow. What's his name? Okay, in the Fuck sewers. Guy. Yeah. Well, I, I'm thinking like uh, the the one with the samurai guy in, in Tokyo Mirage Sessions, where like because I had that set to hard and he kept splitting himself, like it always ended up being this really tense one on one survival duel where I'm using counters to like hopefully you know win out on that fight. Like that was probably my favorite boss fight in a long time because i felt the stakes of this you don't really feel stakes of this game at all because you just know "Eh, i throw on a few buffs and i use a key or two and i win well the problem is is that the main combat mechanic is non-interactive it's not like a 13 where the enemy can do things to interrupt their the buildup of their stagger bar (laughs) or whatever right the mechanics are the thing that makes the combat interesting is solitaire and the bo- the enemy has no chance to interact with it other than making it harder. Yeah, it doesn't. There's no possibility for like interaction space there. Yeah, you're not. Which you're I not think expressing is the big anything by hitting the judgment ring. You're just fin- You're just doing the task. Yeah, it's Super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. I will also say, if you want a good game that has some wild combat, uh, Trails of Cold Steel is excellent, and also it uses the difficulty well. Normal is just if you want a JRPG where the boss fights are the challenge and you can still mash through a little of it. Hard makes that game very tactical. I wish there was an Etrian Odyssey that would be good for our podcast. We could always do story mode on... Untold? Yeah, Untold. Or we could do like a Persona Q. Uh, If you... They're good! If you guys both want to, I will do that, but boy... No, I want to do I want to do Alufia after Xenosaga, I think. Nice. That would I'm be very great. enthusiastic about the idea. It'd be great to have like a two episode season. <laughs> you know, if we want just a dirt quick season, I can find us short JRPGs. Yeah. Could do like a, a Cosmic Star Heroine or like a Child of Light or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah, a, something uh, in that vein. Child of Light would be good. I like that combat system quite a lot. I have not played that. I, I am like halfway-ish through Cosmic Star Heroine. Um, the only other short one I can think of is Last Story, uh, which is... Cthulhu saves the world. 20, 20-ish <laughs> minutes. Or 20-ish, 20-ish, 25 hours or so. I do own Psycho. Child of Light. I wouldn't the music, Dude, that music fucking slaps. Uh, the combat, it's just Grandia combat. Let's also never do Grandia, by the way. No, Grandia sucks ass, dude. Yeah. yeah, like cool combat, but everything else is horrible. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a weird like you know, and I kind of don't want to like unrecommend it because it's so unique, right? Because like, there's no game like this. It's just doesn't counter counterpoint. There are two other games like this. What? I said counterpoint. There are two other games like this. Uh, yeah, I was thinking it. 
What like that's Shadow Hearts no, one and Shadow Hearts for the uh, New World? Yeah. <laughs> no, but like those those don't have this same tone and random like yeah, they're Well they're no, Shadow Hearts has a more consistent tone and yeah. the other one has a more consistent tone. This is the bridge between a horror game and a farce. Yeah, that's what makes it interesting, at least to me. Because uh, I feel like if this was like a hundred percent trying to be sincere, I would be, I would be less drawn to it. I mean, it would probably hang together more well narratively. Uh, but like, I, I just wish it wasn't. Obviously, when it was trying to do sex stuff, it's just bad. But so here's a question for you though: Is the tonal inconsistency only valuable to you because the plot that's going on is disinteresting? Um, no, right. I feel like, like I would value a tonal consistency if the plot was good. Like, I don't mind that it's all over the place. But for me, that wound up being ultimately just a good distraction from how I didn't care about anything else after we killed Rasputin. I, I think that if the plot of it is serious and interesting, but also the game hasn't like the characters have enough depth to not just be serious about let's go beat the bad guy <laughs> that ends up endearing the characters more. Uh, to me because I feel like they're more than just one thing because like, you know, thinking about final fantasies and such, like I, I'm like, as I mentioned earlier, I'm playing 10 two. And the, as far as I've seen so far, every character is just, this is the character again. And maybe you're seeing a little glimpses of like how they've changed over the, the two years from the previous game, but it's really, it's really just here are the same characters in a different scenario. And then the world has changed. And that's, what's interesting is that the world uh, status quo has changed so dramatically and they haven't figured it out yet. Uh, Man, 13 does have some of the best characterization in like video games so far for like JRPG characters. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing I like the final fantasy series does not do direct sequels often, but when it does generally, it comes at it from a very good angle of not here's more time with your friends, but what do these people do after they've solved the world ending threat? What do you do in a society like FF 10 two is great because Fletcher, you're going to love the 14 story podcast for that reason. Okay. Cause you get to spend Cause uh, like one of the, one of the expansion patch cycles, right, is like, let's spend 80 hours seeing what happens in this place where you spent 120 hours fomenting rebellion, like instilling a rebellious spirit after. And you don't just come in and do it right. You spend here's 10 hours seeing how these people live under oppression. You throw them out and then it's 80 hours of how do we rebuild a society while still under threat from the power we just ousted. Yeah, that's I'm down. And it's it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, you have to play 80 hours of A Realm Reborn, which is fucking garbage, though. <laughs> uh, in two weeks, it's getting that revamp. Yes, uh, and that is, that is what the podcast is on hold for. It is not really a revamp. It is a 13% reduction, which means it goes from 200 quests of bad stuff to 174 quests. Hooray. Man. So, not really. It's really just, they found some places where we could cut some stuff out without having to change more than one line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. I may hop on that eventually. I'll definitely buddy, listen to buddy, the podcast. Hop on, hop on my server. Uh-huh. The big thing is I now do five podcasts, so it's not like I have free time. I like rolling old content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Shadow... Yeah, I, I just feel like, you know... It, it is a qualified recommendation. It's a qualified recommendation, yeah. And, like, you know, I'm I'm here for fourth wall-breaking shit. I'm here for, like 
like tossing over like some convention stuff or just trying to surprise you. This is JRPG at Aeon. In a way. Except yeah. it's, except I like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think of it as total trash like I do with Idion. I think it's I think it's flipped because remember, we came in on that. We were like, ugh, fuck me, I hate this. And by the end, especially at the movie, you're like, I see why this has a legacy. This is just the reverse. We flipped the good and bad half. Buddy, the entirety of Shadowheart's Covenant can be summed up to me as that scene where Yuri and Lenny are about to get in a fight with a minecart and then they go a different direction. That is the whole game. Yeah. That is the, That's whole, the game. whole game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like... Uh, you know, I, th- I think if you like JRPGs, you should give this one like an honest shot, but you don't have to finish it. Yeah, I will also say if you want a sampler of this, uh, Shadow Hearts is shorter and does have the same combat and a more consistent tone. Yeah, you know, I, I might check that out at some point, especially because it's a shorter game. I think it's worth messing with. Yeah, I'm curious about it. Um, I'm sorry, I spaced out. Did you just recommend Chaos Wars? No. (laughs) Okay. I will absolutely tell anyone who listens to this podcast, if you like the stupid bullshit that comes out of my mouth, play Chaos Wars. (laughs) (laughs) What if we played a super Uh, robot war? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. uh, Yeah, uh, we are still doing Boku no stop we're in the cyborg 009 uh for the free feed uh we're still in the middle of uh jojo's in the third arc that's season two of that anime oh, we're near the end of season better, two actually uh from the last time we talked about it i think yeah we're, we're near the end of season two we're like halfway through it <laughs> no that's we're halfway through we're halfway through the arc we're almost done season two we will be recording four episodes next week and then we're only gotcha. four left. Uh, but yeah, yeah, things are things are happening. Um, I think that's about it for that. I do all the editing for the Rice Paul Podcast Network, and by the time this is out, I will get Matt a link for the show notes on this. We do not have a URL at current, but I am one of the three co-hosts on a pop-punk retrospective podcast called Gotta Get Out of This Town, covering late 90s through early 2000s pop-punk and the evolution of the genre. (laughs) It's a real shame that getout.com is taken. I know, right? We actually had to really try and fight to get a title that was short and could also get us a URL. Mm -hmm. Well... Uh, you could listen to Magmar Sucks if you wanted to. Uh, I like it. It's fun to record. I don't know if it's good to listen to. Uh, How wild is it that of all of us, you're the most Sundere about your own podcast? This is the one. This podcast we're recording is the one I think is the good podcast. (laughs) I think Boku's good, but it's also my show. Oh, sure. But I mean, objectively good in like a critical sense, right? Not like this is very fun to listen to, which Boku no Stop is and Magmar Sucks is, but Magmar Sucks is not a good podcast, if you know what I mean. I totally do, given some of the things I listen to. Uh Uh-huh. What I'm saying is we won't get Sarah Koenig on Magmar Sucks, the inventor of podcasts. (laughs) 
Uh, and that's all until next season. Oh, I thought you were going to read this. I don't know why I added this German just to troll myself now. <laughs> okay. uh, that's all that's, until <laughs> that's all until next season when we'll be talking about. I have to specify this because there are ports. The PlayStation Two version of Xenosaga: Der Vilser Macht. See you yeah. around.